0: Hey kids, this is just a note to let you know something really cool has happened, which is We Eat Art is now being presented officially by Artillery Magazine, which some of you may know as the Art Magazine for whom I write the column Decoder, and some of you may know as the Art Magazine that you can get in every gallery in LA. We're going to kick off our first officially presented episode with an interview with Ron Athey where we talk about the body, censorship, ceremony, and Christian death, and everything else. So stay tuned for that. We're still going to have special episodes for Patreon subscribers that nobody else will be able to hear, at least not for a while. So stay tuned. Why not go over to your browser and type in artillerymag.com and say hi to our friends. We've covered a lot of territory. Jocelyn, is there anything you want to tell the world?
1: Um, No. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, that should be the beginning of the interview. Jocelyn, is there to go and tell the world? No, just having fun. I just like to paint.
2: And that's the good thing.
0: I empathize completely.
2: I'm John Mahias in New York City.
0: And I'm Zach Smith in Los Angeles.
2: Everybody, this is Weed
0: Arts. A podcast where we talk to a real live visual artist about
1: Sometimes somebody will say to me, like, Oh, your women are they're so perfect. And I'm not really thinking of them as like perfect women, like they're supermodels or something. I think of them like they're made of paint. And that's what they are. They're a painting. They're not like, you know, a perfect woman.
0: This episode we're talking to Jocelyn Hobby
2: about
1: There's not a narrative going on these days. I'm interested in the mood because there is a figure there that kind of automatically brings in like a psychological element and everybody will interpret the expression as they will. But it's not like in the earlier paintings, like there was a little thing happening, like she's practicing the triangle. That's like a little little happening. I'm not
2: really in that anymore. Hi, Jocelyn. Hi. Thanks for inviting us in. So
0: usually we start these things off at the beginning. We kind of go biographically and then carry tangents as they come up. So at some point before you had this kitchen, uh, you were born.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's true. Where
0: were you at?
1: (laughs) I was born, I grew up in Massachusetts, so not far. Came to New York a lot. I was one of those kids that was just always making stuff, drawing
0: were your parents in creative fields at all, or are they doing something else?
1: Yeah, my mom is an illustrator. She did this thing in the 70s called Holly Hobby. I don't know if you have, Oh, okay.
0: no
2: reason you would know about that. No, I, I did, definitely. I did read this in the New York Times about you last night, and I was sort of like, really? Yeah.
0: Totally no Holly Hobby.
2: I was gonna say to you, I bet people call you Holly Hobby, but meanwhile, that's your mom. Yes, that is my mom. <laughs> So I grew up with that, with
1: all that Holly hobby stuff that they made, okay. record players, e- easy bake ovens and stuff. So right. she was creative. You know, my she did her thing. Yeah, the doll <laughs> was the big thing. And my dad is a writer, so they were very encouraging. What
0: kind of writer was and he?
1: He's a novelist.
0: Oh, okay. John, do you remember who else we had on the show whose mom was an illustrator?
2: Molly Crabapple. Her mom's an illustrator.
0: Oh, and she did another kids line, too, though. I can't remember what it was, though. It wasn't like Strawberry Shortcake, but it was something like that. I
1: cannot believe you know what that is. (laughs) Why do you know what that is?
0: Because I was a child once.
2: Uh, (laughs) No, we got sisters.
0: I didn't grow up with sisters, but I had, you know, I was babysat in homes where there were, you you know, kids. (laughs) TV is TV, you know, so, like, they show ads for... That's
2: true. What was it like growing up with... Your mom being Holly
1: Hobby. Well, you know, Holly Hobby was at its height in the 70s, and I was a kid. So it was kind of, kind of seemed like a big deal. Because the other little kids knew who my mom was and stuff. And Holly Hobby paraphernalia was everywhere. So, um. I was at a party at the
0: house of the woman who does Fancy Nancy.
1: Oh, really? It
0: was a giant... Most listeners probably don't know, Fancy Nancy is very big among girls 4 to 12.
1: I actually do know that.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. It was a very nice house, and there was no evidence of Fancy Nancy, except in the basement where the wine cellar was. Instead of (laughs) wine, it was just all Fancy Nancy (laughs) merch. Just dresses and wands. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. We had tons of merch. Nice. but also you know like my mom she was always working she was always like doing her watercolors and stuff right. so i was also always up in my room with the door closed making stuff and kind of like how i am now going back to like seven years old so you just something. kind
0: of started and kept going
1: pretty much That's like it was never really a question you know like kids ask themselves what am i going to do and stuff yeah I, it wasn't for me
2: yeah, I thought most artists start loving it when they're so young.
0: Molly said the same thing, but her mom was an illustrator. And like a few people who have said the same thing is because partially their parents were in the field. So their parents were like, yeah, I made a bad choice and it worked out. You should also do that. Why not? <laughs> but I feel like some people on the show were like, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. So you had some
2: support.
1: Yeah, totally. And even when I was in art school, my parents were like, well, you should be a painting major. They weren't like, you should do something where you can go get a job. They nice. actually encouraged me to do painting, so. So
0: you grew up in high school. It was not a terrifying nightmare in any sense, I guess, or was, or?
1: Yeah, it was all right. Okay. I mean, you know, I hated it as much as anybody, but it wasn't It wasn't horrible, no.
0: You went to art school or you went to college and majored in art?
1: No, I went to uh, art school. I went to RISD. Okay. I was a painting major and that was weird. I mean, RISD is a great school. I'm not sure what I got out of it except for just starting the idea that I'm an artist. I didn't really learn how to do Craft. I didn't (laughs) learn craft. I didn't learn about materials. By the time I was like a junior and senior... I didn't really have any like painting stuff under my belt.
0: When did you graduate?
1: I graduated in 91. Okay. Me too. Oh yeah. And then I knew that I didn't want to go to grad school. So I just moved to New York and sort of got on with it.
0: You didn't have your first show till much later though. So what were you doing in between?
1: Well, I had a lot of shitty jobs. I was just supporting myself.
2: We love this part. What kind of shitty jobs do you have? (laughs) The shitty jobs always
0: end up being relevant
1: for some reason. I started like cashier type jobs. Like really, not even like waitressing or I didn't know how to do anything. Were
0: you in a clothing store or a place that sold towels?
1: Um, No. Okay. I was was, like in a high-end paper store. Okay. Like a Soho, like. Like stationery. Like, gifty, gifty thing, yeah. And it wasn't even like art paper. I don't know what people were doing with it. I mean, the <laughs> place is called Kate's Papery. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. You know, so like I was one of the cashiers there and I didn't even know how to be a cashier and people got like tons of free stuff for me because I would just kind of like fake <laughs> it when they would come to the cashier. So I did that. And then I would go home at night and paint. Were you
0: always painting the kind of work that you become known for or you did it evolve from something else?
1: I started out doing really small scale egg temper paintings. I was really into medieval secular miniature paintings and that's kind of what my paintings look like and I taught myself how to do egg temper with all the traditional stuff like the egg yolk and the pigments and the poplar and the plaster and all that stuff. I was did really the process? I did. I mean, it, it's, it was beautiful. It's a beautiful medium. And I got really expert at it. Those egg tempers were actually the first paintings that I showed at Jack Tilton Gallery in oh, okay. 1995. But also, even when I first started showing stuff, I mean, it's been a while since I basically made my living off my paintings yeah. now. For a long time, I, you know, had to have a job and... I had moved into like working at galleries and stuff.
0: Were the images like similar or were you working with different subject matter at the time?
1: The subject matter of the egg Tempers was totally different. They were super autobiographical like little 2-inch figures of me and all my friends and stuff it's that a little we would
2: surreal do.
1: Yeah, they're very surreal. Okay. But I was generating that kind of imagery out of, like, it all is connected to something real in my life. It wasn't just, like, right. made up. It had something to do with something in a journalistic way.
2: But did you care if Joe Schmo walking down the street could understand this thing about your life? Or was it just. Oh, no.
1: Right. Joe Schmo would just be like, this is weird. Right. So you were showing
0: for a while, and then there was, like, a gap right around when the yeah. economy was terrible which a lot of people went through. You said you started working in galleries? Were you like moving art?
1: Well, after my cashier jobs, you know, I just felt like, what am I even doing? I wanted some more of a connection to the art world. So I thought if I worked in a gallery, cause you know, there's always that girl sitting there. So I figured I could sit there. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of how I started out. And
0: there's no cash register, right?
1: No. <laughs> You just sit there on display. And the bad thing was sometimes you had to type on a typewriter. I couldn't do that either. So it's not like, you know, today you have your computer, you can just fix everything. Sure.
0: You figure out how to make paint from eggs from scratch, but typing on a typewriter (laughs) was like
1: was way over my head. (laughs) And you know, I learned a lot from that about what it's like being in a gallery and that realizing fast that like, this is a business. Type of
0: thing. Are there specific things that you can, like, examples you can think of of moments where you're like, I thought it was this way, and it's definitely this way?
1: Well, I think it was just, like, I wasn't with the artist. I was just hanging around with the people in the gallery. Yeah. And just the, everything was about the buying and selling. The gallery people were not sitting around talking about the work amongst each other, you know? Right, like,
2: oh, I love how they must have used a fan brush, and this was, you know, right. it reminds me of Magritte. It was more like... Yeah, yeah it it was
1: was just like, money. that was the thing that I saw very clearly. And then I started working for this more private dealer. So it was not such a public situation where I was like sitting in this donut hole right yeah. up front. Like I only worked for this private guy like part time, but I managed to like live on that somehow in Manhattan for like 20 years. So I got a lot of work done too, but what I mean, was totally poor.
2: When you leave something like that. You said,
1: like, how did I do that? Yeah, totally. (laughs) It wouldn't be possible, I don't think, to have a shitty part-time job and live in Manhattan right now. Right. You know? know? I don't even know how kids do it now, but...
0: I don't think anybody lives in Manhattan. Yeah, right. Probably. Nowadays, you just work on oil and canvas? Yeah. I'm interested in, like, getting really into the technical end of... to the point where you're making your own paint and then just being like, okay, I'm done with that. At what point do you decide that you scratched the itch.
1: Well, what happened was I had developed a lot of physical problems from doing this egg temper work because it was like very tiny. It was tiny brushes and I was in this hunched over position all the time. Caused me like a lot of physical problems to the extent that that was why I just couldn't do it anymore.
0: Now you got me worried. I'm standing, I'm sitting up straight. What? Because
2: oh, that's what you do? Do you relate to that?
1: I
0: get a brush that's like, can I get a brush with one hair on it?
1: Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you work uh, like sitting at a desk?
0: Yeah, because yeah. the thing, I make pools and so I can't tilt it up and then, you know, the desk is a whatever oh, desk right. and then the piece is too big to raise up and it'll all be a mess. It's and, gonna like, be a
1: hunchback. But if it hasn't started already, you're probably okay.
0: I'm going to tell myself I mean, you've been that. doing this a job. lot
1: of years, right?
0: Yeah, it's true. I've been doing yeah, it long enough. I think enough you're to... all right. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think the key is to take a lot of breaks, maybe. I don't know.
2: Uh-huh.
0: I can tell myself those two things. You're not doing anything wrong <laughs> and take a lot of breaks all the time.
2: You had to change it up, though. Yeah,
1: I had to change it up.
0: <laughs> for you, was the egg tempera, you were interested in the secular medieval painting, but for me, I always associate that with the, you know, the religious medieval painting. And so I associate with a sort of warm light, uh-huh. which might just be like word association because I always think like egg tempera, it's yellow. And then I think like <laughs> there's always that sort of yellowy, olivey skin in at least Southern Renaissance painting. When people were doing egg tempera in school, I often associated with it like they're really into Italian Renaissance and that light and that was part Uh of the content for them. But was it for you or was it just like, this is how I want to paint?
1: No, I definitely loved the look of those medieval paintings and it is a gorgeous medium that as you say, it's very luminous because it's layers, 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 layers. And with that egg yolk in there and stuff, there's like light going through it and it's very luminous, it's gorgeous. And that was a big part of those paintings for me. I was painting little figures like object in the paintings but the medium itself was really driving it because it was so so gorgeous
0: if they were kind of surreal and they were autobiographical i mean was it a sort of myth making around your because old paintings are kind of myth making because we literally have no other pictures of that time right we don't know what those times look like except through those (laughs) paintings
1: That's interesting. I mean, it was definitely like a journal keeping on my part. But then in those medieval paintings, one thing I liked was that they'd have like several different scenes on one page, if it was like on a parchment or something. And I liked that, you know, several different things going on in the one picture it would be a painting of me and my friends. One of my friends was, like, a really great swimmer. So she, like, had this seal body and stuff in the painting. And it was just a way of, like, generating imagery that I was into that I felt like painting. But it was based in something
0: journal-like for me. Were there other painters besides medieval artists that you were looking at that you were interested in at that point?
1: Not really. And the thing was, like, I wasn't into that stuff at art school. Then I got out of art school. I moved to New York, and I just started doing what I felt like doing, which was these, you know, odd little paintings.
0: I'm interested (laughs) in, like, artists that, that made you want to be an artist, besides your mom, maybe. But were there other artists that you were like, that made you think, oh, this will be fine art. That's a field that's worth going into.
1: And I wasn't very aware of contemporary artists at that time so much, but I knew I wanted to be a fine artist. I feel like I relate a little bit to kind of an outsider thing. I keep to myself and I don't know that much, actually. I should have more of an awareness.
0: I honestly feel like the nobody we talk to is connected no matter what artists you talk to, they always feel like, I'm outside of all of Oh,
1: really? Cool. I think so. so my guess is that
0: either there is no art world or it uh-huh. isn't really about artists. Really, it yeah. feels increasing, like, basically the art world is like, there's dealers and collectors who have to know each other or else there's no business and they don't really like artists very much. Like they don't want to hang out with them. (laughs) And the artists are like, yeah, I mean, I'm doing all right. Like I had a show and you know, like I have a nice place, but yeah, I don't know what's going on. There's a sort of public image of what the art world is about. And so we kind of assume it has to do with artists because that makes sense. Like, no one we've yeah. talked to has been like, oh, I was in Greece at this party with this collector, and they were like, you know what I love? Like, <laughs> that never happens. It seems like a imagined state, like we're animals or something.
2: Another thing I wanted to point out, you're maybe the, the 22nd artist we've talked to, and Zach, here it is, somebody that paints with oil paints. Oh, wow, yeah. First one. That's a good point. We talked to. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I always feel like there's this art world going on. All the artists are hanging out together, talking about art stuff. And I'm like, hmm, I'm not really like- No, this is it. I do not actually know a lot of artists.
0: Right here, this is like by once, <laughs> once a week, I'll talk to an artist about art stuff. But even when I was in New York, I'd have friends who would like go to every opening and it just felt like, you know, you hmm. go to the opening and it was kind of like standing in the line to buy a ticket to a movie. You know, you're just like, all right. And right. then they'd be like, are you going to this bar afterwards? And I'd be like, nope, <laughs> I got work to do. <laughs> I mean, or maybe it's just like all the artists that we like and want to interview are terrible social failures. I don't know.
2: We do like maximalism. We do, we do like art that takes a long time to make. I think these people are just in their houses by themselves all day. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm not you're right. To when you talk to right. the
0: minimalists, they're like, yeah, I was surfing all year <laughs> up until the day before my show, and then I made the work. So they're not in it either. Or they don't remember. They're like, I don't know. I was really high. And then someone said, can you make me a sphere? And I was like, sure. But yeah, it is a strange thing. Huh. Like, people go by analogy. You know, they go back to the music industry or the film industry or something, and they assume that there's some sort of vigorous social life going on that i feel like i haven't seen either
1: but you're involved in a lot of stuff i'm sure I it mean, looks that way um,
0: like to lo- me it looks like i
2: don't
1: know but if but if you google you there's like all kinds of stuff about you talking about art stuff and Oh, yeah, i guess i mean
0: but i mean a lot of it is this like i plug in some things on my computer and i open it and there's a person and i go hey how's it go? yeah i mean like i have a column and what the column is is i email someone like once a month Yeah. That's the art world. There isn't um, a larger social context that takes up a lot of mental space or time around that. Like a lot of times what I find myself writing a column Mm -hmm. about each month is the one show I saw that month. You know, like, I saw a show. Okay, I better Mm -hmm. write about that because that's where I... (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good.
1: One a month is good.
0: But enough about me. So you feel like you're an outsider and the artist that you were influenced by you don't want to talk about, which is fine.
1: Well, you know, I, I tend to look at, like, a lot of old shit. Sure. You know, I look at Holbein, or I look at, okay. like, Edward Hopper, or I look at Otto Dix. I you saw know. some
2: Hopper colors in yeah. the day. Some, yeah. some of those Hopper greens. Totally. <laughs> those lonely Hopper yeah. greens. Yes.
0: Okay, your mom was an illustrator, and you were like, I'm not going to be an illustrator, yeah. I'm going to do fine art. What was the thing that gave you the idea that Showing art in galleries and doing like fine art as a job, that was this path you wanted to go down.
1: You know, I grew up in a family where my dad loves Van Gogh, right? You know, he has like this really archaic idea of like the long suffering, brutalized artist and stuff, but that's kind of like what I grew up with. Like, this is a really amazing idea, you know? So I guess that's how I got that idea. So you're
0: like, that sounds like fun. Yeah.
2: He was happy when you were having back pain over. I was like, oh good, you're doing good. All right.
0: (laughs) This was a thing for me when I started painting. I don't really think of this as a motivation anymore, because I think things have kind of changed. But when I was in school, I was a lot thinking like, there's a certain kind of old portrait painting. Because it even exists, it makes the subject seem significant. Like someone painted this person Mm -hmm. on a black background or with the hound or whatever. Mm -hmm. A certain amount of attention was on them and they become something more, they get remembered uh, in a way that a snapshot doesn't remember a person. And at the time, when I was young, I was like, I don't see the kinds of people that I know shown that way. And so I wanted to sort of, in a certain sense, like continue that by other means of making people sort of significant by, you know, isolating them. And I was wondering if that was any part of your interest in that kind of portrait painting.
1: Well, the oil paintings that I started out doing of people when I moved to oil painting, they weren't like how you're saying, like people that you know, they were more like prototypical people, girls, you know? So they weren't like meant to be somebody specific. It was just meant to be like a girl. And, like, those early oil paintings, they were kind of cartoony, really flat. And the paintings that I'm doing now, I mean, a lot of them are based on somebody I know, but it's more invention. I mean, I would say now it's even less about the figure in the painting. The figure is kind of like a jumping off point for me now. In your work, like, I can see looking at your work that, like, these are people that you know. Like, it's very, like, from life. That's not really like what I'm doing with my figures.
0: I I guess it's less about the people, but it does seem like the way that design and fashion and style define time. Uh-huh. You can identify like when something was painted or and I feel like you're trying to sort of make a portrait of
1: I see. Uh-huh. like
0: some more than others. Like some of them seem sort of like it could be anything from like the late 70s till now because of the sort of anachronistic fabrics. It's like a portrait of a time and a a certain kind of Sunday, like Sunday Sunday mornings where like, the person has nothing to do and they're at home and they're surrounded (laughs) only by objects of their choice.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: And their house brings together, everything that they've got on them is something that looks like they chose, you know? And they're still bored, but. (laughs) They chose to be bored on this, like, green fabric <laughs> with these yellow dots.
2: Like the Morrissey song. Nobody? Every day is like Sunday. I'll send right. it to you guys. <laughs> Justin gets it. So- sorry, I broke a no, no. up your No, no. It's like a Morrissey song. You're not
0: painting people. You're painting a moment that people have.
1: Totally, I would totally agree with that. I want them to seem current. I don't want them to seem like old or old fashioned. Like I hate paintings that look like they're meant to look old or something like that. In terms of the figure, like the expression, the fact that the subject isn't addressing the viewer, the things you're describing, like the patterns I do, the textiles, stuff like that. Yeah, it's like a snapshot of a moment.
0: It looks like a pretty conscious choice to have, like, way more story and way less story. Yeah. Like, the girl with the triangle, there's a little story about a girl hitting a triangle, and then the curtain behind her is just yellow and the wall is green, and those are just sort of, because they have to be a color, and they complete the scene. Whereas other ones, they're all the same story, which is, it's Sunday and I'm bored they're bored with different fabrics and different pat- like they're- they're almost abstract <laughs> paintings. This is
1: like a horrible description of my painting. It's a little dismissive. Oh my god. It's a I did not mean it. <laughs> See, I don't think they're you bored. You don't think they're bored? I think okay, they're Okay, I'm, like, exci- I'm interested in <laughs> that. I don't think they're bored. I think they're more riveted than I'm bored.
0: projecting- They're like
1: onto something.
0: So they're looking at something off screen like, what is <laughs> exactly. that? Exactly. Okay.
1: Yeah, like, they're caught up in something. All right. Like, maybe it's in their head, or maybe they're looking at something over there, or something's happening, but it's not boredom.
0: I am totally wrong, then. (laughs) <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm going to share a picture because to me...
1: You know, other people have said that, and I'm like, I guess it is portraying that, but that's not my intention.
0: There's definitely ones where I'm like, now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, they're looking off in that one. But this one specifically, it's a girl wearing a skirt. She's outside. She has socks on that are red and orange-striped. She has pigtails. Oh, and yeah. she's doing this. She's yeah. like, I'm, co- I'm looking... And okay, she's well... Like, but- mm.
1: Yeah, you happen to have chosen one that is like a pretty straight portrait of my niece. It's like somebody that I know who is a okay. Board so to in meet. that
0: case, I was right.
1: So there, all right. So in that, <laughs>
2: in that one,
0: I'm not painting, saying all your work is bored. I was just making sure that I was like, that's bored, right? <laughs> but no, you. There is a lot of them looking off at something, or thinking about something. Yeah,
1: but here's the other thing: there has been an evolution in my pain my... Like, I've been painting the female figure for a while now. Yeah. But they started out, like, very flat, very simple, kind of a cartoon aspect, and they were emotional. I I almost thought of them as, like, billboards that were about emotions. I did a lot of paintings of girls crying in bed and stuff. So they were, like, doing something. It was pretty simple background, like, simple composition, At that time in my life, I was wanting to express something about myself. Like, I think I was not having such a great time, and so I was wanting to express some of that. But it's while I'm still painting, like, a single female figure mostly, it's really, really different now. My concerns are different. I'm not interested in painting, like emotions and psychological states and i'm just into making like a luscious painting with that's colorful and uh, i love making up patterns the figure is the architecture like i need that to start out then it's like going into other painting stuff that is just things that i feel like painting yeah
0: i mean that's what i was trying to say when i was saying they all kind of had the same expression is that they all seemed like they were almost abstract paintings they just assume yeah. certain things are going to happen, and then the rest is like putting colors next to each other.
1: Yes. There's not a narrative going on these days. I'm interested in the mood because there is a figure there that kind of automatically brings in like a psychological element, and everybody will interpret the expression as they will, like you interpret it as boredom. In the earlier paintings, like there was a little thing happening. I'm not really in that anymore.
2: Here's why I was never, never a painter. I started off in art school and I'm an artist. I should probably try painting. But every little thing I did, there's just a lot of art history bearing down on me.
1: I just try to put it out of my head because
2: that would just be too much, right? Yeah, I guess maybe I just never, it was too much for me. That's interesting. I like how you can dismiss it so easily.
1: Because, well, you know,
2: to be like a New York painter, I just feel like there's so much pressure. It's like being a guitar player in the music world. Everyone's trying to do it. Do you ever feel that way about it? Are you just...
1: No, it's a lot of pressure. And, you know, I'm doing my best. I mean, I look at that whole history and I get totally inspired and stuff. I guess I'm glad that it doesn't make me like, well, I should just throw in the towel, you know, I guess I'm just committed to just doing my little thing over here, you know, however it comes out.
2: Right. How does it feel when you're by yourself in your studio and then all of a sudden it's in a public space and everyone's sort of staring at it like it's just been yours for so long? Or do people come and view it as you're working a whole lot? No,
1: I'm, re- I'm really pretty private. My last two shows at Frederick's and Frieser, it was a really great experience. I feel really like just in terms of my materials and kind of what I'm wanting to put out there and stuff, maybe more in control of those kinds of things than I have in the past. That's a good thing. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Because I feel like there's two ways that can work. You can do new things. That's one way to like feel experience. Like now I can do this. I didn't used to be able to do it. And the other one is you can do the same things. It's just, you get them done faster. And so you have more time to mess around because you're spending less time
1: doing the basic stuff. Oh, well, I think it's a little bit of both. Mm. I guess I just feel a little more confident that I can just go wherever I want to go in painting. I mean, I never really totally know how to get there, you know what I mean? I do a lot of like sanding down, starting over and stuff. But yeah, like in a less kind of winging it with materials.
0: I'm looking at this one, I don't know what year it's from. It's a woman laying flat on a tiger-striped bed. It's like orange and blue tiger stripes or zebra stripes. She's completely horizontal Oh, in front of a light blue uh-huh. wallpaper that has a sort of yeah. repeating floral pattern.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It is, looks like very, very abstract painting in a certain sense in that you're putting in a position so that, like we don't really feel the weight of her on the bed. We just see her kind of cutting into this composition so that she can be a part of it. Yeah, exactly. And what is interesting is that the fabrics and the patterns feel very contemporary, but they also look like you made them up and invented them. And that is the painting in a certain sense. Yeah. Do you ever think about like, how do I make this like completely made up right now, but at the same time look like a contemporary pattern? Like, do you experiment with different ones? Like, do you collect samples?
1: Well, I make up a lot of patterns, I just really enjoy doing that. And I look at at a lot of different references, you know, I look at textiles, I look at tiles, I look at stuff in nature, I look at fashion. It's like what you were saying before about how it's kind of become just the composition, how I said the figure is where I start out. Like at this point, I mean, I need that for some reason. And then like one pattern, is the dress and one to the ground, one is the background somehow, but it's it's not really like a place It's not a defined place, or it's not even like the dress is defined or what she's laying on is defined It's more like an atmosphere than like an actual place because I'm not interested in painting a bed or something anymore
0: What would happen to one of your paintings if the the head of the person wasn't in it and it was just like some arms address the fabrics.
1: Oh, but still the arms? Well, I mean, I guess, yeah. Like, if they're gonna be arms, why not the head?
2: i am just... You
1: know, like, I've thought of, like, what if I just take the head and the arms and the hands all that out? Yeah. <laughs> but well, I think that right now I want that in there. Like, there is a figure in there, and yeah. I like the human attachment. I like the warmth of it. I like something for me to connect to and maybe for somebody else to connect to. But really what's driving my paintings right now is the composing of these discordant patterns. And I'm, I spend a lot of time figuring out just colors. And that's kind of like the most interesting part to me right now, which are maybe more abstract concerns.
0: I mean, it seems like your concerns are abstract, but they also sort of, I guess because they all have that figure, a woman of a certain kind of look about them, there's a sort of layer of content that that Mm -hmm. woman who's sort of aestheticized, that layer of content is in each one of these paintings, plus there's an abstract painting.
1: Yeah.
0: Is that an interesting content to you? The idea of, like, the woman being kind of just another decorative item, but then she's, like, got these eyes that are focusing on something or they're capable of some emotion. Like, there's a content, but it's just, like, it's almost like you've chosen to make, like, eight paintings with that content, but then different patterns. Like, are they sort of a singular statement?
1: You know, there's something about this question I can't say I really know the total answer to.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay the girls look like they're going through something intense but they also just look really beautiful and they probably wouldn't hang out with me
1: <laughs> they would totally hang out with them.
2: but see the interesting thing is
1: John is like oh they look like they're going through something really intense and Zach is like they look totally bored so those are two totally different was just interpretations in the male
2: gaze on your ladies
1: and Zach is probably like these girls would totally hang out with me <laughs>
0: I hadn't even thought about that. (laughs) I think of them as made of painting. Even the one that's obviously your niece, which is like clearly like based in a a pose that's very specific. Like they remind me of like angels, like not grown-up angels, but those little putty, like the little fat Cupid angels. (laughs) They're creatures made of art and artifice.
1: I see what you're saying, yes.
0: Even the real people, like John's interpretation of them is so, hilariously humanistic to me. It's like-
2: <laughs> Yes, that's why I love it. You know what they're made of? Even though they don't look old timey, they're made of great Gatsby. Uh-huh. There's definitely that's a Gatsby. <laughs> I
1: love Gatsby. No, I like what you're saying because like, sometimes somebody will say to me like, oh, your women, are, they're so perfect. And I'm not really thinking of them as like perfect women, like they're supermodels or something. I think of them more as you're describing, like they're made of paint. And that's what they are. They're a painting. They're not like, you know, a perfect woman.
0: They kind of remind me a little bit of Tamara Lempicka.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: What I was trying to get at, which is connected to this before, was that you're like playing with each different one as as a different abstract painting. And yet, because it's a person, we'll always interpret a person's expression. They have a content in themselves, which is about what it means to have this, woman's face as part of an abstract painting. Yeah. I'm interested in, in whether that content, like how you relate to that, I guess. Like just like a, a woman's head is just one more element in a in an abstract composition about beautiful patterns and discordant and disjunctions. And-
1: it might be a way that I personally inhabit the paintings. I just think that if the figure is the foundation, I I put it in there maybe with a certain expression. You know, it's something that immediately prods the imagination to have a person there. And I like painting the figure. I like doing the eyes and the shiny hair and, and those painting moments. It's also like a foundation. But the content... I'm putting something out there and I want it to have a connection with a viewer or to prod the imagination or that that content isn't something that I'm thinking about like in a linear way. Hmm. And when I start a painting, I have to know one thing in the painting and it might be something about the figure, like a gesture, you know, a tear or some kind of hair or something, or the one thing I might know is just like a color, a pattern or something. And then everything builds off of that in a more suffering way, Hmm. like more like meeting the demand, like the next step is what the painting is calling for.
0: Every move then when you actually see it done is going to ask for another move in response.
1: Yeah, exactly. So like Earlier paintings, I had a narrative that I was painting about, and I feel like now it's more like process of discovering it while painting, which is really enlivening for me. That's the really interesting part of it for me.
0: Is there like a skeleton that you try to get past very quickly so you can move to that part? Like, do you set up a scaffold quickly so that you can be like, now I can mess around with the patterns and colors?
1: Well, the scaffold is the figure.
0: Do you do that first and try to get that done? Get it looking like a person? Oh, and then no, no, move no, no, on? no,
1: no, no, no. What I do is I figure out the position I want the person in. And then I do a bunch of drawings until I have the drawing I want Then I transfer it to the canvas. And then I usually know, like, what colors or i have a pattern that i want to do i have to say this is so weird and interesting for me because i never actually like think about things in this way you know what i'm saying i just kind of like go in and i have my process
2: it's but
1: therapy on you <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just like um I'm kind of uh yeah, what is my skeleton like how do I start it?
0: I mean, I'm also I do portraits of women and they often have a lot to do with like what they're wearing and the colors and and messing around. Some things are similar about the painting and for me, I always go I need to get their face right, uh-huh. so that it looks like them and looks like a face, and that's hard, right. and you can't mess around too much with that because then at a certain point, it stops being what about what I want to be about. And so that's the hardest part and the beginning. And then from there, things can go in more different directions because I can change the color of somebody's shirt. I can change the background. I can change the space. And so for me, the skeleton is making sure I get that finished first. I see. So I was wondering if you have a similar thing where you're like, there's certain shit I want to get just to make it the kind of painting I like to make. I need to get that done. And then then I have these sort of areas where I can sort of solo on top of it.
1: Yeah, like I know my face. Like I do a pretty finished drawing of the face and most of the figure. Once that's transferred to the canvas, then everything kind of starts going together at once. It's not like I finish the whole face first and then I paint around it.
0: Are they like colored pencil or how do you do them?
1: They are pencil on like vellum. I do a lot of drawings. I do actually a very finished drawing of the face because when I'm painting it, it usually, you know, starts contorting and I know the face that I want. So I really, um, I keep going back to the drawing and looking at it. And once my figure, once the drawing is on the canvas, it's pretty much all starts happening at once. I work all over the Place at once, and so like one tiny corner of the painting is done at the same time that the face is done and painted. My paintings, I, I want them to have a really polished, finished quality. Seems uh, like you're
2: really aiming for some self-satisfaction. Like, yeah, this is a great <laughs> color. I got this shapes down right. You're pleasing yourself, you know. I, <laughs> I would
1: say so. Like, I'm definitely into the pleasure of it but it can't always be like that sometimes it's horrible when it's not like flowing it's horrible you know (laughs) what Um, do you do yeah those are like bad days in the studio like my paintings are they are very finished and and i want them to have that very finished quality but also like i know exactly when an area is done like i don't keep working over something just to do that like the minute it's finished, then I'm I'm done with that area.
0: So does Holly Hobby, your mom, John always asks what parents think of it. And I always <laughs> think we should make sure that they're alive before we ask. <laughs> um, does your mom go, oh, this is like what I was doing. Or like, do you guys talk about art, like at, at this point? Or is it just like, oh good, you're employed.
1: <laughs> kind of the latter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't really talk about art, no. Uh,
0: that's interesting.
1: I never really thought of my work in connection to, like, what my mom did, although there are some obvious connections. I mean, she painted, like, little girls in outfits. Yeah, but they are stylized. (laughs) It's it's true. Like, I can't deny it. I mean, I never really thought about that, but it is true. I mean, even stuff like gingham. Like, I love gingham. It's in almost every painting I do. It's a lot Mm. of gingham in Holly Hobby shit.
0: I don't know that much about the Holly Hobby like stuff, like the books but like characters like that tend to be kind of props for some external adventure and like a lot of Holly Hobby pictures she's got so much stuff on her that her head is like this tiny little thing (laughs) isolated inside of a giant patchwork and like a bonnet.
1: Right. I mean it's just totally different though because that's like commercial Work meant for commercial stuff.
2: Yes. You liked more Otto Dix. Yeah. What did you like about Otto Dix so much?
1: I love the painting of them that they're figurative. I love the brutality of them, even though Mm -hmm. like you wouldn't describe my paintings that way. But there's sort of a caricature and there's like a figuration with caricature, but a forcefulness that I love and like a psychology. And I think that. I was more looking to that in some of my earlier work than now. The earlier
0: stuff seems to suggest, like, in Weimar paintings, I guess we've all kind of decided what the world of those paintings was suggesting. It was like, this is a decadent world that's about to be taken over by Nazis, whereas the world (laughs) that you are painting is like, what is this world, the one that we're in now? (laughs) Right. You were showing us these narrative details, but we're like, What even is this where like a girl is playing a triangle? What is Massachusetts on the verge of? (laughs) To me, that's kind of what it felt like. The newer ones seem like we chose to interpret the world in a certain way as aesthetic and a certain kind of fashion image decides to do that. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of asking about those images. They're images that refer to images, whereas your earlier work was like images that seem to refer to snapshots or real life. Mm-hmm. Like, those people seem like real people. Like, when I said, like, oh, those women, are they're made of paint. The earlier women seem like they're characters right. in a story about America or something. Yeah. Like they, they're ones where I would decide, like, would they hang out with me or not is a question <laughs> I'd actually ask. You
1: know? Uh-huh, right. Now they're more, like, made out of paint. Like, it allows me to just go wherever I want. It. I want the freedom to go wherever I want to go with the paint, and I think these things of, like, pattern-making are just, like, ways that I'm deriving to, to figure out how to do that.
0: Were you at all interested in the pattern and decoration movement in art, like the artists in the 70s who were?
1: I don't really know that. about that, no.
0: Uh, it was like this sort of counter-minimalist feminist... Really? like sub movement. Yeah. Early Barbara Kruger before she became Barbara Kruger was in it. And she made these like big sculptures with like floral patterns all over them. And like, it's really kind of trippy how different her work was. Uh, huh. Joyce Kozloff, It was like a whole bunch of people and they didn't look like your paintings, but at the time it was like a very like sort of like asserting floral patterns, especially, but also just decorativeness in general as a sort of feminist anti-statement to minimalist art. Like this is like a a kind of imagery that's usually considered unimportant. And so we're asserting it as an important kind of abstract art.
1: It's interesting.
0: I only know it because I met Joyce and so she was like talking about it and she was showing us slides of like the old Barbara Kruger work is amazing it's like 180 degrees different than the stuff she became known for just like overwhelmingly feminine flowing really goofy like like, it's it's interesting yeah but Mm. yeah that's a dead end
2: (laughs) (laughs) no we're gonna do our homework we're gonna enjoy this now thank you for telling us
0: I'm really sick of being asked what things mean and like, what is the octopus for? I was like, I like the way it looks. Yeah,
1: really, yeah, okay, okay, good. No. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I make the thing, is it also my job to like know everything about it and why I did it? And sometimes I'm just, I did what I did because I did it. I don't know where it came from or, here's the thing. Every time you're making a piece of artwork, it's like constant decision-making, right? But you can't really put your finger on how you made the decision. It's like a different part of your brain is at work or something.
0: Yeah, you can hear birds chirping behind you, and it reminds me of this thing that somebody (laughs) said in that movie Painter's Painting, where it's like, ornithology is for ornithologists, I'm a bird. (laughs) It was one of the artists in that movie said that, and I was like, yeah. But it is fun to sort of see what the birds think they're doing. Yeah, I mean, in my case, it's often just, oh, shiny.
1: I feel weird because I don't want it to be like a disappointing experience talking about it because I really, you know, sometimes I just don't know. I don't know what to say about it.
0: But I think like the impulse that someone brings to a thing is often that's a lot of what you can get out of them like like a person will say like I wanted people to know this I want people to think this like everybody makes a bunch of assumptions and they may not be verbal so like your assumption is like these people they're riveted you know that's an assumption that you're making Uh quietly that not everybody else is even if it's not like an articulated thought that you you like oh everyone needs to know this person is riveted just like that that's that Uh uh-huh just like a lot of what you're saying about your paintings it's like things that i thought about my paintings when i was started making them was like i just wanted to be about like these different patterns and styles and then i said oh but whose head will i put in there i was like oh i'll put in somebody i know because that seemed easy and then i realized as soon Uh as i started that's the hardest part was like making the Uh head look like a person that i knew and that little job that i took on in order to do the, the fun part of like making the painting look like just a colors and shapes and textures next to each other became right. like half the job of the painting all of a sudden. And so those were right. just assumptions. And I was like, oh, I ended up in this weird place because of that. And it's just that stuff that I think artists can verbalize because they just assume it. It's like yeah, going to right. another country and you're like, why do you guys put pasta in all your food, Italians? <laughs> and they're like, why would you not do that? <laughs> Anyway, thank you yeah. very much.
1: Thank you guys very much.
0: We appreciate it.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of We Eat Art. Check out our guest, Jocelyn Hobbies. Latest
0: work at JocelynHobby.com. J-O-C-E-L-Y-N-H-O-B-B-I-E.com. Also, John has
2: more of my artwork at my Instagram page, which is John Mahias Papeng, or Tumblr, all things Paping. If you want to see images of some of the artists that we reference, you should check out our Instagram page or our Facebook page. And don't forget Twitter. At WeedArk. You can support
0: this podcast by liking us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also rate us on iTunes. Please subscribe or tell a friend. And don't forget, we have a Patreon. Please consider becoming a patron. Then you will be one of our supporters. With your donations. You'll get exclusive episodes, t-shirts, stickers, all sorts of great things. Go to patreon.com.
2: Backslash. Ash. Weed Art. Weed Art is produced by Papel and Mnemonic Recordings. Our sound producer, engineer, editor is Justin Asher.
1: Also with some editing help from the one and only Colin Wams games. You have a lovely kitchen. Oh my God, that's so weird.
2: Mnemonic Recordings right, oh.